This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday as we're getting set for a big game coming up this weekend. Auburn taking on Penn State and recapping the Tigers' victory over San Jose State from this past Saturday. We want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on one of our favorites. Jason Caldwell covers the Auburn Tigers for Inside the Auburn Tigers. He's on Twitter at ITAT Jason, and he joins us here on the program. The time is greatly appreciated. I actually want to start away from Auburn and uh, talking about college football the day that was on Saturday. It was kind of crazy, Jason, as we're waiting for that 6.30 game to start. It was just pandemonium all across the entire landscape of college football on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, and I think I think it's something you see a couple of times a year. Normally, you get one of those days early in the season. Normally, you get one of those days late in the season. And um, you know, it's you know, one of them. You know, late in the year can be caused by some injuries by teams that you know maybe you've had a couple of guys say, "Hey, I'm done" or whatever. Early in the season, you look and, and you're still trying to figure out who you are. Um, and older teams like Appalachian State and older team Texas A&M. Um, maybe maybe play the wrong quarterback. Uh, I thought that before the year started. I've seen enough of Max Johnson. I thought that guy was pretty good at LSU. Um, and, you know, he didn't win the job at Texas A&M. And, you know, they, they've struggled offensively. Um, and, and, you know, you look at that one, look at Marshall, Notre Dame, new coaching staff, um, you know, quarterback injury or two. It, it can change things in a hurry for teams that are – that are veterans know how to win. App State, Marshall, those teams know how to win. And so I think that's, you know, it's just kind of the nature of the game. It didn't happen 20 years ago. It didn't happen 20 years ago in college football. It, it can happen more and more now. Um, with transfers, teams can get older. They can be more experienced, um, you know, bringing some of those players. And so, yeah, it was a uh, it was a crazy day and almost got a whole lot crazier for us too, um, <laughs> you know, Saturday night. Out of all the craziness, was there one particular game that really jumped out at you as a major surprise? I didn't think it's, you know, and I'm not, I wasn't a huge believer in Texas A&M. Right. But, you know, when I look at that one, I look at a team that, you know, this is that state that gave us 63 at home to North Carolina. Yeah. And he scored one offensive touchdown and ran about 40 offensive plays for the game. Um, you know, I think it's defensively they couldn't get off the field. I mean, this is a team that has a lot of talent, but they lost a lot of players too. And I just, I just continue to look at Texas A&M and go, okay. Other than you know, they they had a you know pretty good season a couple of years ago, but other than that, they've just been okay. And then I start looking at Jimbo Fisher a little bit, and going, you know, he had Jameis Winston, and and you know they beat that Auburn team in a game they honestly shouldn't have won. Um, and won a national championship. Other than that, I mean, it's you know they've they've won some games, but that program was left kind of in disarray a little bit. I don't know. The A and M was just just the lack of offense surprised me, and, and I wasn't expecting them to go score sixty. But man, to to not be able to do anything against a team that gave up sixty the week before was a shocker. What did you learn, if anything, about Alabama and Texas? 
that, that's not a surprise. Texas has some pretty talented players. Um, they've recruited well enough that they're still I mean, they're still they're still top ten in terms of roster, um, in terms of four and five star prospects. Uh, you know, so I, that didn't surprise me in that environment in that setting that that was a tough game. Uh, probably the thing that continues to surprise me a little bit is, is Alabama's offensive line is still not very good, and you know, and it's not a surprise. But when you take away first round wide receivers and you put pretty good wide receivers. It changes the game. Now, Bryce Young's still good enough that when push comes to shove and they get in a two-minute offense, he, he leads the team down the field. That's what he does. But, man, they're, they're, that's not a team against against good good football teams that I see running away and hiding from people. I just I just don't see it from them. And so um, I think they'll, they'll be good. They're going to be tough to beat as usual. But that's not a team that's a dominant offensive team. Um, Really, because of the offensive line. I mean, they, they they had to go get a transfer from Vanderbilt to start at left tackle, and they've recruited really well on the offensive line. So there, there's issues for them up front. I'm talking with Jason Caldwell here on Sports Call. And all right, Jason, let's switch over here to the old Auburn Tigers. Do fans need to hit the panic button? Uh, I mean, we we've seen Auburn survive these just dirty, gross, close games before. Is there any reason to hit a panic button over anything that they may have seen Saturday against uh, San Jose State? Yeah, I don't know that it's a panic button, but you you might have you might have at least the cap flipped up off of it anyway. You might not have to press it, but you might have to have it handy um, when you look at at this team. And I think you look and yeah, there's 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 some issues. Um, I wrote about today. It it looks very similar to last year defensively where. They they play really soft in coverage and give up a lot of yardage and try to try to bend but don't break. I mean Jalen Simpson basically told us that in, in you know right the week of the first game, you know bend but don't break. And you know last week you give up five red zone opportunities to, to San Jose State. Now you only gave up one touchdown, but you giving up five red zone opportunities to, to San Jose State's one thing. You give up five red zone opportunities to Penn State, and you may give up three touchdowns, and and that's the difference in a game. Yeah. And so. Um, that's the concern for me is that defensively they just haven't made explosive plays. They haven't created a turnover. And so uh, that's an issue. And then it's, it's, just, it's kind of the same story, different verse on offense. Um, they ran it pretty well the first two games, but still not throwing the ball very much and not being really good when they throw it. And other than Javarius Johnson, there's not really any explosive plays in the passing game. And that's, that's a, I think that's got to be a concern um, when you start looking at this team and you know, we'll see how you transform after two weeks. Um, how much will Robbie Ashford be involved? We saw a lot less of him Saturday, and I think I think that means we'll probably continue to see a little bit less of him. But now that teams have seen more of him, I mean, they're going to load up on the run when he comes in the game and make him throw the football. And I think for Auburn, until you can show that you're going to throw the ball down the field, I think if you're Penn State coming in Saturday, you're going to say, look, I dare you. We're going to play tight coverage and, and, and put eight guys in the box and say, okay, beat me throwing the football. I think teams are going to force this team to, to do that, and uh, and we'll see if they can do it. Yeah, and Jason, I, you know, when I, I hate to paint the entire picture this way, but, uh, you know, there there are talented players on this team, but do you agree that, that there's just a general lack of overall talent throughout this team outside of a couple of uh, – individual positions like running back and maybe a couple guys on the D-line? 
Yeah, I think it's a solid roster. I think there's some. I think you've got some good players on both sides of the ball. I just you're not you're not 45 and 50 deep, and that's where Georgia and Alabama, um, Ohio State, that's where they are. And the issue comes when you sub, um, when you get in the fourth quarter of games, and when you get late in the season. Um, how does that show up? Um, and I think that's the thing right now is can you find some of those guys and develop some of those guys, um, and are they there? Um, I think that's the question mark right now. And, yeah, I mean, the depth of the roster is the issue. And You're right when you start talking about I think there's some guys at wide receiver that can make plays, and you get them the football. And we, we still haven't seen Camden Brown, you know, get a, get a touch. And he's one of the guys that was a playmaker in the preseason. Can you get him involved? Can you get him on the field more? Um you know that's that's the thing. Uh, you know because you hear coaches all the time say, "Well, you, you know you got to understand the offense. You got to do some of those things." Well, you know that's part of that's part of it. Um, Alabama is starting a true freshman, a wide receiver, Kobe Prentice, a kid from Calera. Um, figure it out, and so they got to either figure it out to get those guys on the field, or have some other guys that are ready to go. And so, um, no, I do. I, I think it's I think it's the issue in terms of depth of roster right now, and and you. Can those guys develop in a hurry? Because you're going to need them with this run coming up. When you're talking about Penn State, Missouri, LSU, then Georgia and Ole Miss, you're going to play seven straight games before a break, the last two on the road. Um, you know, you're going to have to have some of these guys to step up and make plays for you. Um, and uh, that starts now. Four interceptions thrown by Auburn quarterbacks on the season. As we mentioned, the Auburn defense has yet to create a turnover themselves is there any one reason in particular jason or, or why have we just not seen uh, turnovers created by this defensive bunch yeah i think uh they had a couple opportunities but i think it's it's uh you know teams are going look we're going to throw the ball we're going to get rid of it quick and it's almost the same game plan that we saw from penn state last year where they said look we're going to use that short control passing game like a running game on clifford was 28 to 32 against auburn we've seen mercer do it we've seen san jose state do it and we'll see Penn State do it again, where they go, all right, we're not going to sit back here and hold the ball all day. Um, you know, and part of it is staying ahead of the chains. Uh, if you get third and ten, that's when you have to hold it a little longer. And teams have been able to, you know, when you, you don't create a ton of negative plays, um, you know, those first and second downs, you're giving people third and five is, is a license to pretty much do anything, whereas third and eight or nine or ten um, – that's when you kind of pin your ears back a little bit. And so uh, I think it's a combination of a few things, but mainly teams are going, look, you're going to give us that. We're going to keep taking it. And so they're not having to force the ball down the field a lot. They're taking that short pass game, using it basically as an extension of the running game. And um, Penn State did it last year against Auburn. We'll see if Auburn can make some adjustments after two weeks of teams doing it again. Talking with Jason Caldwell here on Sports Call. And Jason, uh, obviously a position that everybody wants to talk about is quarterback. Uh, T.J. Finley and Robbie Ashford uh, keep kind of changing out, uh, taking different snaps there. Are, are you one of those that's the opinion that uh, that this, what they're doing is working, or are you kind of one of those that is of the opinion that you kind of need to stick with a guy and let him get in the flow of the game and that it kind of throws things off when you're swapping him out? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just – I'm kind of the old school guy going, man, it's hard to play two quarterbacks. Because yeah. uh, in the end, you got to figure out, you know, when the game's on the line, 
you know, what are you going to do? Or, you know, and it's going to be family when the game's on the line. I'd be shocked if it's not. You might have one play, but I think you start to, especially if you can't get more of the offense for Robbie Ashford, then you're going to start, you're already limiting kind of what he's doing. Now, you could do it against San Jose State. You could do it against Mercer. Penn State, you know, Missouri and those teams, they're going to be good enough to go, look, that guy comes in the game, we're going to make somebody else touch it or make, or make him throw it, do something. And so um, in the context of the offense, you got to be able to run it. And, you know, I think we saw it a few years ago, Malik Willis, when he was young, those first couple of games, he was pretty good. Right. And then teams went, all right, well, I've already seen that guy. I, I know what's coming now. Can you add to what Robbie Ashford does? Well, last week only three passing attempts. It's hard to hard to add it until you do it. And so I, I think we're going to continue to see him in, in very small spurts. And I think we're going to see T.J. Finley you know, being the guy at quarterback moving forward. Jason Caldwell is here with us from inside the Auburn Tigers. Follow him on Twitter at ITAT Jason. And Jason, I think it would be a, a, a difficult thought exercise for you to sit here and, and talk about the number of different Auburn football games that you've seen inside Jordan-Hare Stadium over the years because that number is so plentiful. But coming up on Saturday, the Penn State Nittany Lions are going to be playing a football game inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. What kind of atmosphere do you expect to have on Saturday, and, and uh, how cool is it to, to get something like this at a stadium that we've been to so many times? Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be a great atmosphere. Talking about orange, two thirty kickoff. It should be really good inside. Yeah, I think it'd be a great atmosphere. And this is what this is what college football is all about. Um, you know, Ryan Harson was asked today about those those kickoff games. I like those too. Those are fine. But college football is a campus sport. Um, this is what it's all about: getting on campus and seeing the atmosphere and, and having having to walk into somebody's home field and, and win. You know, that's that's what this game is all about. I mean, you, know, you asked about Alabama. That showed Saturday. If Alabama plays Texas in Atlanta, even in even in Arlington, yeah. it's a different game as compared to being on a home field. It's just it's just tougher. And um, and so I think you know if you're Auburn, that's the huge advantage you have is playing this game at home Saturday. And and you know uh, obviously you need to take care of business. That's a, it'd be a big be a big win for Auburn. What can we find on the website this week? Yeah, tons of previews already started from today. Uh, videos from press conferences today as well, and you know, really get kicking into high gear. Should be a big recruiting weekend as well. So Christian Clemente, myself, will have all that covered. A uh, team coverage, uh, columns from from Philip Marshall, Mark Murphy, is more. So full load there at AU Tigers Auburn Thank you so much for the time, Jason. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.